So we are in the middle of our series called Welcome to the Neighborhood, and, and last week I went Mr. Rogers on you. Anybody? Yeah, it was uh, with the sweater, and the, it was actually kind of fun. I actually kept the, uh, the boat shoes on the entire time. They were very comfortable. But the, uh, the title of my message last week was Won't You Be My Neighbor? And I kind of talked about the contrast in, I don't know, is uh, Mr. Rogers and Jesus and just who Mr. Rogers was and just how, you know, we talk about this idea of being missionaries on mission assigned to a mission field. That's what we talked about. And, and so last week when we talked about that, we said, you know, missionaries aren't just sent overseas, they're sent across the street. And so one of the challenges we had was to share the gospel. And, and I talked about how we made it way too difficult. And Last week, I basically simplified it to three, three things. Intercede, invest, and inform. Intercede. Pray for those that don't know Jesus. Pray for your neighbors. Pray for opportunities to talk to your neighbors. Uh, in, invest. Just do good. Like Be kind and, and, and look for opportunities to serve and, and, and do good things for your neighbors. And then inform. When God presents the opportunity, inform them of the hope and the healing and the peace and the purpose that you found in Jesus. So my question is... How'd you guys do? How'd you guys do? So I, I challenged you last week. I said, you know, let's do that. Let's be bold and let's do that. So I'm going to put 30 seconds on the clock and here in the room and wherever you are, whoever you're with, I want you to use these 30 seconds and I want you to talk about how you shared Christ with your neighbors. Now, what do I mean by that? It could be that you interceded. You said, I prayed for my neighbors this week. It could be that you invested. Hey, I did something good. I, I didn't really tell them about Jesus, but I, I did something good. I did it intentionally in the name of Jesus. Or maybe you really got to the point where you were, I actually got to share and inform my neighbor of the hope I have in Christ. So I want you to take 30 seconds, 30 seconds only. So 15 seconds of you sharing, 15 seconds the other person sharing, ready, in the room, partner, and go. Okay, time. All right, uh, all right. In the room, because I, I can't see you in, in your home, but in your room, honesty. It's church. Even if we're in a house, we're still doing church, people. Okay. I know you feel like if I'm in the building, that's where I have to be honest. But I'm in a house, I don't have to be honest. You gotta be honest. Okay. How uh, in in the room here? How many of you say, you know, I, this week I actually intentionally prayed for one of my neighbors. Uh, prayed for an opportunity with my neighbors. Or wow. Okay. This side of the room, killing it. This side of the room, you got some work to do. <laughs> You can't see these people, but I can. It's so great. All right, so it, let's talk about invest, that you intentionally did something good for your neighbors. It, it, you know, you just said, I, I want to be Jesus to my neighbors. So you tried to do something good. Raise your hand. You did something good. This side of the room's killing it. This side of the room, not a hand went up. So you're praying, but you're not doing anything about it. Okay. <laughs> okay, and now here's the big one. This is the tough one. That how many of you actually had an encounter where you informed your neighbor about the, the hope that you have in Jesus, that you were able to pray with them or, or talk to them about Christ in some way? Anybody? Anybody able to do that? One. Come on, let's give some love in here for that. How many in the room, you say, 
I completely forgot. I didn't even think about it. I didn't do anything. And I'm going to be honest and raise your hand and say, I, I didn't. Okay? <laughs> we, got, we got one. Sean, the guy who was healed. <laughs> you can't see it, but I, I, I saw him. You know, so, but this is, this is tough to do. We do this as a staff every week, and it can be really uncomfortable, especially for me as the pastor, when we roll around after a week and I go, oh. Um, now, one thing I do is I pray for in my neighbors every single day. I really, I don't, I really honestly don't miss a day, but there's times like I look back at the past week and I go, you know what? I preached that sermon, and I, um, I was gone a lot of the week, and I could use that as an excuse, but I didn't have an opportunity. I didn't really invest in my neighbors, and I didn't have an opportunity. And that's sometimes how it goes. That's what this series is all about. It's about us being intentional. I believe that God has intentionally shut the doors of the church building to open up the doors of our, of our homes. I believe that we are all called to be missionaries, and that's what this series is about, is how can we, how can we bring the gospel to our neighbors. God has intentionally put us back into our neighbors and he's done that on purpose. And he's trying to awaken us to what he wants to do. So what I want to talk about today for a few minutes, Acts chapter 8. So if you have a Bible, go to Acts chapter 8. I've got an old school Bible. And uh, if you got a phone and you don't have a Bible, download the YouVersion app. Uh, I'm going to be in Acts 8. Today I want to talk to you about the scattered church. The scattered church. Now let me if you're new to church and you're new to the Bible, Acts is written by this guy named Luke, and he was a follower of Jesus, not one of his disciples, but he, he wrote the account of the early church. And so the church has been started, um, thousands of people have come to Christ, uh, things have been going good, there's been some persecution in the church, but then all of a sudden everything comes almost to a grinding halt, and they have this really catastrophic event where Stephen is martyred. He's the first Christian martyr. He's actually stoned to death. Um, heaved rocks upon him, and he was killed that way. And then we come to Acts chapter 8. And I'm reading out of the New Living Translation. This is what it says. Saul, Saul was one of the witnesses, and he agreed completely with the killing of Stephen. Let me stop real quick here. By the way, Saul, one chapter later, he's going to become Paul. He's going to have this encounter with Jesus. The guy who was there witnessed the stoning of Stephen, was in on the stoning of Stephen, suddenly gets a radical life change. And by the way, the, like literally the rest of the New Testament, almost all of it written by Saul, who became Paul. That's the power of God. Like when we started today and we said that we want you to experience the hope and the healing and the peace and the purpose of Jesus, we believe in an instant your life can be radically altered and changed because the scripture shows us it's true. It says a great wave of persecution began that day sweeping over the church in Jerusalem, and all the believers except the apostles, they were scattered through the regions of Judea and Samaria. It says some devout men came and they buried Stephen with great mourning. But Saul was going everywhere to destroy the church. He, he went from house to house, dragging out both men and women to throw them into prison. But the believers who were scattered preached the good news about Jesus wherever they went. They didn't quit. They didn't give up. And it says this guy named Philip... He went to the city of Samaria. He told the people there about the Messiah. And it says crowds listened intently to Philip because they were eager to hear his message and see the miraculous signs he did. And many evil spirits were cast out, screaming as they left their victims. Can you imagine the sound of that? Like we heard that earlier when Travis opened up his garage door. That kind of <laughs> screaming <laughs> happened. That would just be intense in a church meeting, wouldn't it? But that's, that's what happened. And it, and, and it says uh, that... Um, 
And so then uh, it says, many evil spirits were cast out, screaming as they left their victims. Many who had been paralyzed or lame were healed. So there was great joy in that city. I want to talk about the scattered church. Let's pray, and then we're going to get into the word. Father, thank you for this home. We pray a blessing over Travis and, and Jennifer Miller and their home. God, we thank you for their love for Christ, and we thank you that we are welcomed in as a guest in their home. We pray, too, that whatever homes we find ourselves in in this moment, that your spirit would come, you would speak to us, and we would leave forever radically changed and altered for the glory of God in Jesus' name. And everybody in the room and in your house said, Amen. Amen. Okay, so there's a, there's a big difference between a distribution center and an entertainment center. Uh, for, for instance, the BOK Center is an entertainment center. Uh, how many in the room you ever been to the BOK Center and you, yeah, you've gone there for an event? Tell me what you went for. What did you go to see? Concert. What concert? Garth Brooks, Justin Tim, wow, there's a contrast. Garth Brooks on this side, Justin Timberlake uh, uh, on this side, yeah. Um, bringing sexy back. That was a, that wasn't that Garth Brooks who sang that? No. Uh, what else? Anybody else? Bruce, yeah. Uh, what? Celine. Oh, Celine Dion. Yeah. So, uh, and I've been there. Uh, Laura mentioned Bruce Springsteen. Uh, it was a, since I was in high school, I remember the only book I ever read in high school was Born to Run. And, and I did it for my creative writing class. And it's the only one I ever read in high school. And I love Bruce Springsteen. And all of us, and, and just a few years ago, he came to the BOK Center and I got tickets. Some friends gave me tickets and I sat 100 feet away from the boss. 100 feet. It was insane. I was just like, oh, it was amazing. And then last year, I got to go see another one of my favorite bands, U2. So Pastor Eric Hawkinson, um, you know him, he leads worship and he works with our youth and our groups and, and he got tickets for his birthday to go see U2 and he knew I was a huge fan and he said, Brad, I want you to go with me. And I was like, oh my goodness, I, yes. Like I'm a fan all the way back to the early MTV days, all, all the way back to Gloria, Gloria. I'm all the way back old school and, and I was so stoked. So we go to the show. We're thinking about all the songs they're going to sing. You know, you, you know, when you go to the show, you're thinking, oh, I can't wait till they do this song. Can't wait to do this song. And we go and they got this big jumbotron stretches the entire length of the BOK Center. It's massive. U2 comes out. They launch into beautiful. It's a beautiful day. You know, that's my best bio. <laughs> but it was, it, was, it was off the chain. And then it was, it was all downhill from there they decided to sing all their new stuff. Have you ever been to one of those shows like where you're like, what about where the streets have no name? Like, what happened to the Joshua Tree? Where's, where's Sunday Bloody Sunday? That's my favorite U2 song. And by the way, they did do that song, but have you ever been to a concert and they do your favorite song, but they do it in a different rendition? Yeah. That's what they did. They did this little snare drum thing. And I'm like, what is that? It was, it was a horrible experience. I was so disappointed. You know, one of the things I love about our church and what I love that we're going to do here as we gather here in a couple of weeks is we are going to worship. I mean, we are going to have the full band back and do we not have an insane worship band? Come on. We, I mean, they are so good. One of them is, is here right now in the house. Uh, that's Jen Miller. I mean, we have such great singers. We, and when you come, aren't you just like sometimes just like in awe? You're like, wow. Especially when they do your favorite song, you're like, 
Wow. And I mean, we have incredible kids ministry uh, and we have, I mean, we have a beautiful facility. It's not the BOK Center, but it's an amazing facility. But let's be honest. Have you, have you ever left disappointed? Come on, be honest. Like you're sitting there and you're like, yeah, well, I, I'm not into this new song. I don't really know this. I'm not, this, 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 oh, this, oh, why are they doing this one? This one ain't my jam. This one's not my jam. Oh, they're gone this week. I was hoping that person was going to be speaking or that person was going to be singing and they're, they're not. And sometimes we can, we can leave disappointed. And, and what can happen so often is the church becomes something that we never intended for it to become. The church was never meant to be an entertainment center. The church was actually meant to be a distribution center. Now, there's a big difference between an entertainment center and a, and a distribution center. A distribution center, like we have the Amazon distribution center here in, in Tulsa, and we know what happens. Trucks pull in, they get loaded up, and then they head back out to deliver things into the neighborhoods. That's the church. That's who we are. Like We show up on Sundays not to be entertained. We show up on Sundays to be filled up with the hope and the healing and the peace and the purpose of Jesus. That's why, like in two weeks when we show up in the house, this is why you showed up today. That's why you're here in this house today. That's why you're in the house you're in today. That's why you're online because you're like, I want to be filled up with the hope and the healing and the peace and the purpose of Jesus. But we cannot forget that we are also called to deliver. We're called to deliver the hope and the healing and the peace and the purpose of Jesus. And we can do that in really practical ways. We just did that Saturday. Like we, with Go Fresh, 500 boxes of groceries and produce handed out to our neighbors. You want to talk about bringing hope to some people. If you are one of our volunteers, can we give it up for our volunteers? Like, thank you. You are a distributor of hope. But it's not just tangible things. Sometimes it's intangible things. Like, you got a neighbor. You get to know that neighbor. And then they're struggling. They're having a really difficult time and you show up in their life and you deliver to them peace in a chaotic situation. Like you, you're going back to work and you're in the workplace and somebody's wondering, you know, uh, things aren't are a little unstable or am I, am I going to have my job? And they have no peace and they, they have no hope and they're wondering if I can, or maybe you have somebody you know that's lost their job and they're just wandering and God wants you to deliver purpose to them, to remind them that God has a purpose for their life. That's what the church is. We are a distribution center, and we can never forget that. The early church did. And when we, when we look at the early church in, in the first part of Acts, we honestly, I've done this for years, we romanticize the early church. We look at the early church and we're like, man, we got to get back to that. Like, we're so far from that. But, it, but last year we did a series called Rethinking Church, and I would encourage you to listen back to that series because it was really kind of prophetic and thinking about where the church was headed. Had no idea that COVID-19 was coming, but I was really challenged by God that, hey, we need to rethink how we do church. And then boom, the church was shut down. Well, during that, I began to dive into the book of Acts. That's what the whole series was about. And I started seeing, oh, wait, wait, it's not not as great as we make it out to be. They had a lot of struggles. In fact, between Acts 2 and between Acts 2 and between Acts 8, uh, the, the church kind of got comfortable. 
They, they, they kind of settled into Jerusalem, and they were supposed to be a distribution center, but they, they'd kind of drifted from the mission that Jesus, Jesus had given to them. And what was the mission? It's the same one he gave to us. It's, it's in Acts chapter 1 and verse 8. And Jesus said this right before he left the planet and left us all in charge. He said, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses. And here it is. Say this with me. Telling people about me everywhere. Telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. This is our mission. This is what we say every week. I've said it like five times already. This is what we do. We are the witnesses of God's power. We are the witnesses of hope. We are the witnesses of healing. We are the witnesses, the distributors of peace and purpose. And what's crazy, though, is the words of Jesus in Acts 1.8 were not acted on until Acts 8.1. It took eight chapters for the church to go, oh yeah, we're supposed to be about the mission of Jesus. And we read again in Acts 8.1, Stephen's been martyred, and it says a great wave of persecution began that day, sweeping over the church in Jerusalem. All the believers, except the apostles, they were what? They were scattered. Say that word with me. They were scattered. They were scattered through the regions of Judea and Samaria. So what did God do here? God used the very thing that was meant to destroy the church to spread the church to the ends of the earth. See, when we get comfortable, God will make us uncomfortable so we will grow. Like when you look at Acts 8.1, think back to March. You can read it this way. A great wave of COVID-19 began that day and the church was scattered. I mean, we, we are living Acts 8 right now. And I believe what the devil is saying, the devil says this, I, I got him, I got him, I, 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 got it, I, got it, I got it shut down. And what he doesn't realize is that God's like, you just played right into my hands. Like, it's like the devil never does learn. Like Jesus is like, did you not pick up on this 2,000 years ago? You know, when you tried to, you know, you, uh, the cross thing and the whole resurrection, did you forget all about that? But this is, listen, with the very thing that was meant to destroy the church, God wants to use to scatter us out into our neighborhoods. I said this last week, and let me say it again. I'd like for you to write this down. The church has not been shut down. The church has been sent out. We've not been shut down. Like, I don't want anybody to think that, oh, wait, oh, so the church is restarting and, and the church is opening in two weeks. No. Like, we've never stopped being the church. I've driven by some marquees, and I'm not trying to dog on other churches, but, I, but I've driven by marquees, and they said, grand reopening or reopening on, on this date. And I'm like, reopen? The church never closed. Now, I get what they're doing. The building closed. I understand all that. But, but the point is the church has never closed. Like it, it, the, building, the building has been shut down, but the church has not been shut down. We have been sent out. And so when you look here in, in Acts, the first part of Acts, the, the church was really stuck in Jerusalem. They had kind of settled in. They'd gotten comfortable. They'd kind of forgotten their mission. And this is exactly what happens to us. Like we... We get comfortable in Jerusalem. Let's just be honest. We get comfortable in Sundays. We get comfortable going Sunday to Sunday. We get comfortable coming to that building and sitting in that seat. We can, even the last three months, we can get really comfortable on our couch. 
or wherever it is you are or whatever it is you're doing. We can get comfortable and we can forget, oh yeah, God's calling me out to Judea, to, to my neighbors. God's calling me out to Samaria, to, to the workplace. God's calling me out to the ends of the earth. God's calling me out to the ball team that, that my kid's on. Oh yeah, I, I, I am, I'm, I'm supposed to be distributing the gospel. I'm supposed to be living my life sent. Like during uh, this pandemic, when everything's been shut down, uh, have you guys just exhausted everything on Netflix? Like, I have exhausted everything. In fact, I find myself scrolling, and I'm scrolling longer than I'm watching because there's just nothing left to watch. So a couple weeks ago, I got desperate, and Lars said, hey, you should watch Moana with me. And I was like, uh, oh, wow, some of the people in the room are like, yes. <laughs> uh, mostly the ladies. Um, and I've seen parts of it because she is sort of like her one of her all-time favorite movies. And so I've walked through the room, and it's I'm like, no, that's a sing-along uh, <laughs> movie. I'm not watching that. And and she's like, no, no, no. She she so she did a bait and switch on me. She goes, Dwayne Johnson's in it. And I was like, he is? She's like, yeah, he's a warrior. I'm like, he is? Like, oh yeah, he's like killing bad guys. I'm like, well, I'm in. What have you kept this from me? We must watch. So. so we sat down and we watched Moana, and, and, and ladies, I want to tell you, it, good movie. It is. It, it is a really good movie. And, and the gist of this movie is that Moana is a princess. Her dad is the, is the chief of this tribe, and, and they no longer go out on the water. They can't go out beyond the reef because the, the chief, her dad, says it's just not safe. And, and she, wants, she feels called out into the ocean, but her dad says, no, we must stay in the land where it is safe. And the reason he says that is because his best friend, when he was out in the ocean, his best friend drowned. He said, no one's going out anymore. Well, Moana then finds the boats. They had hidden these boats back in a cave. And she discovered from the writings on the wall that they were once voyagers and, and, and great explorers. And throughout the course of this movie, what we learn is that they, they at near the end of the movie, they get the boats back out. They get back out on the water and they, they, the, they literally come back to life again because they discover who they are. Like this is a picture of the church. This is who we are. Like we can't play it safe. We can't just stay inside the four walls of the church building or the four walls of our house. I believe that God is calling us out onto the waters. I believe he's, he's calling us out into the neighborhoods. Like That's what we were created to do. We weren't created to play it safe. We weren't created to stay hunkered down and inside the four walls of the building and just singing the songs. And, and meanwhile, outside the doors, people are in need of the hope of Jesus that we have. No, we've got to rediscover who we are. And we got to, like, we are explorers. We are voyagers. We got to get back out on the water because we have what people need. We, ha we have everything that people need. And I think God is calling us to be that distribution center. So back in Acts 8, the, the church it's crazy here, but it was scattered and it went from just a few apostles, 12 of them, preaching the gospel to all of them preaching the gospel. Look at verse 4. It says this, but the believers, the believers, turn to somebody in the room and say, that's you. That's like, you. That's you. The believers who were scattered, like, like we've been scattered. They were scattered into neighborhoods. Where are we all scattered to right now? We're all scattered all over the city. They were, they were scattered, and say this with me, but they preached the good news about Jesus. They preached the good news about Jesus wherever they went. Think about this. God used ordinary, 
untrained men and women, and they became the pastors. Like here in a moment, we're going to read about this guy named Philip. He was not he was not a pastor. He was not a trained professional. He was just one of the guys. He ends up going, we have, a, we have a Philip here right now. Come here, come here, come here, Philip, come here. So here, you sit down, you sit down, all right? Okay? All right. Go. <laughs> Go for what? Exactly, okay, you, I'm gonna give you a break. That's how crazy it was. Like that you, like you, you ain't been to seminary. You, you've not gone to Bible college. Neither had Philip. They were completely untrained. Or, or were they? Actually, I think they were trained. They had sat under the apostles' teaching for years, from Acts 1 to Acts 8. They had been at the temple weekly. They had been at house to house daily. Like, and here's the thing. You've been trained. Like when you show up for, like right now, what's happening right now? You're being trained. Like, this isn't just about, okay, I got to get some stuff. I got to get, got to feel better. I got to get some, some of this and I, I got to overcome this and help. No, you are actually being trained every single week. Like when you get in the word of God, every day when you read the word of God, you're being trained. Every day that you pray, God is training your mind, he's training your heart, he's training your soul, he's training your body for, we are all trained. And they, they were trained. They, these people were trained. They were filled up. They just hadn't been sent out. And that's what I think has happened so much in the church. And I wonder, and I, and I could be wrong, this is just a thought, but I wonder if maybe God had us intentionally shut down. Because maybe all we've been doing is filling up. I don't know, maybe, and maybe God's saying, you're, you're as filled up as you really need to be right now. Now you need to be sent out. Like you just need, you need, to, you need to distribute it. And so I believe as we come back together and come back to what we know as our Sunday gatherings, I think we've got to remember, oh, we're a distribution center. I think what happens to us is we're all intimidated. We're like, uh, I mean, I'm, like, I, I'm not qualified, I'm not trained, I wouldn't know what to say, I don't know what to do. Brad, that's why I didn't do anything this week with my neighbors, because I'm just freaked out by that. I, I don't, I, again, I want to say, I think we made sharing the gospel too complicated. It's not that complicated. Intercede, invest, inform. Pray for people that are far from God. Pray that God will give you opportunities to share your faith. Invest, do good, inform. When God gives you the opportunity, inform them of the hope that you, that you have. Listen, write this down. God is bigger than my poor presentation skills. God is bigger than my poor presentation skills. Come on, turn to somebody and tell them right now, God's bigger than you. God is bigger than you. God, God can he'll overcome that. It's not like you get out there and you share. You met, Listen, I have shared before, completely jacked it up, messed it up, and I was sure that Jesus was up there going, well, you messed that one up, Brad. They're going to hell for sure. Thanks a lot. No, that's not the way it works. No, God can overcome anything. That's the power of our God. That's the grace and the mercy of our God. And I believe this is an Acts 8 moment for the church. So what are we going to do with it? Are we going to waste this moment? Are we just going to waste it? I just can't wait till we get back to normal. Or are we going to embrace this and say, whoa, whoa, whoa wait a minute. Uh, no, no, it ain't about entertainment for me. It's not about entertainment anymore. I don't need to be entertained. I need to be filled up so I can be sent out. I talked about one of those uh, believers was, was Philip. 
And Philip, honestly, he was an ordinary guy. He, he was, if you read earlier, he was a leader that was chosen to be over the food distribution ministry. So basically, he was at Go Fresh on Saturday, and he was in charge. Okay, he was like Curtis Neal. Some of you know Curtis got the, got the forklift out, unloaded everything. He's basically Curtis Neal. You know, he's Brian Micah. He's, uh, he's, he's Kelly Sondag, and I've left some of our leaders out, but we had a lot of different leaders there, like just regular people. And Philip was one of those regular people, and it says this about him. It says in verse 6, crowds listened intently to Philip, the, the untrained guy, the guy in, in charge of Go Fresh. That's the guy they were listening to. Why? Because, say this with me, they were eager. They were eager. The people were eager to hear this message and see the miraculous signs that he did. I think people are more eager than we give them credit for. I think right now, all you have to do is turn on the news and you can see our streets are full of people crying out for justice, crying out for hope, crying out for answers, and nobody has them. But the church does. We have the answers, and I believe people are more eager than we give them credit for. So I was talking about intercede, invest, and inform um, a couple weeks ago. Uh, I went to the tire shop, and I love to hang out at the tire shop, and I'm going to give them some props. Shamrock Tire, Broken Arrow, Kirk and the guys, um, some of my favorite people. I'll go, I'll eat breakfast with these guys, just hang out. But I was taking Laura's car there to get the oil changed, and every morning I pray for my neighbors, but I also pray a simple prayer. God, I, 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 do, I pray our sending prayer that we'll pray here in a little bit. And I just pray God use me somehow in somebody's life. And, and then I just go about my day, and I wait for that moment. And I walked in the tire shop, and I went in, I sat down on a stool, kind of like the one I'm on right now, and there was this young girl who was sitting right next to me, and, and she was in her early 20s, and we just started talking, just, just kind of hanging out and talking while she was waiting on her car. And all of a sudden, God just began to speak to me and say, this, this is the one. This is the one I want you to minister to today. So I said, oh, okay, this isn't just a conversation. This is, this is important. So I began talking to her, and, and next thing I know, she's telling me about how broken her life is. She's like 23 years old, she's been in college, she's failed a lot of classes, she's trying really hard, she has one more semester to go, but she has to redo that semester over just so she can graduate. She's trying really hard, she's going through a divorce, she was embarrassed, she's like, I'm so young, I, I'm so embarrassed that, I mean, I got married young, and, and, and she's, you saw her shoulders slumping, and, and then she just began to tell me about her, her childhood and just her, how difficult, this is all happening while we're waiting on a car. And I'm, I'm just trying to encourage her, and I'm trying to speak hope over her, and I'm just trying to listen to what God is saying. And I'm not saying anything about Jesus. I don't feel impressed to say anything about that. I'm just talking to her, and I'm just trying to encourage her. To be honest with you, she was, she's about the age of my daughter. And, um, and my heart just kind of just really started breaking for her. And so Kurt brought her the, the invoice for her bill when her car was ready. And, and I remember when she, she looked down at it, uh, she just started crying like heaving, crying, and it was very obvious there was no way she could afford that. And so she went out to her car, and, and in that moment I just felt so clearly God said, you need to pay that. Now what you've got to understand is this poor preacher ain't got a lot of money in the savings. And I'm like, well, I don't know how much that is. And God said, I don't pay it. Okay. So I looked at my buddy Kirk, and he just said, without me even saying, he said, you're going to pay it, aren't you, Brad? And I go, yeah. And uh, he's, I, so I asked him how much it was. He told me it was, it was pretty, pretty good a little repair. Um, 
And he said, you know, Brad, I want in on that. He said, I want to pay part of that. And then, and then Russ, who's a chiropractor who hangs out there too, Russ, Kirk said, Russ, you want in on this? And we guilted him into it. So he, <laughs> he's like, um, uh, yeah, sure. Uh, so we got Russ in on it. And here's the thing, though. The three of us are dads. And it was like watching our daughter. She came back in and Kirk said, hey, I, I want to tell you that um, uh, your bill's been paid. And she just loses it again. And she's like, what are you talking about? And she said, hey, he said, hey, hey. The guy to give credit to is the guy right there, and he points at me. And I said, whoa, 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 don't give me credit. I said, it's all of us, all three of us together. It's, it's all of us. We all wanted to help you. Like, we, we just, we saw, we just want to help. And, and in that moment, right in that moment, God said, now, now is the moment I want you to inform her of the hope. I want you to inform her about me. Don't take credit for this, Brad. I could have taken credit for it. I could have just left it at that, being a nice guy. And I said, hey, um, and Kirk goes, uh, he's a preacher. <laughs> Thanks, Kirk. Uh, but I said, yeah, I, I'm, I'm a preacher. And I said, uh, but I said, honestly, I'm a dad. And I said, this may sound weird. And I said, you know, um, and I'm not trying to be weird, but I just felt that God spoke to me, not audibly, but I just felt impressed that he said that I was to pay that and we were to take care of you today. And that God just... Um, wants you to know that he loves you and he sees you and he's not forgotten you. And she just loses it. And she said, um, my, uh, I was talking to my boyfriend the other day and he, he said that we needed to pray and, and, and he said that God would help me. He said that God, God would, would do something. And I said, God is not there. God's not going to help me. I don't know what you're talking about. And she said, oh my goodness, God is there. God, God's there. And I had no idea God had already set that up. I had no idea. And if I had kept it to myself, I was the answer to the prayer that she was praying, and you, and you, and you, and you, and you, and you, turn to somebody and say, you are the answer to someone's prayer. You're the answer to someone's prayer. And it just says this in verse 8, so there was great joy in that city. I'll say it this way, there was great joy in that tire shop. There was great joy in my car as I got in my car and I drove away and I had this feeling, this, this euphoric feeling of I've been used by Jesus. Like, it, no one can ever take that from me. It was the best money I've ever spent in my life. I mean, I'm still just reeling from that moment. Like, I was used by God wants to use you. You are the answer to someone's prayer. So what are you going to do? What are we going to do? Are we going to be a church that's just about entertaining, or are we going to be a church that's a distribution center? So we're going to move into a time of communion, and uh, we're going to get our communion ready here in this room, and I'll encourage you to get the communion ready in your, your room where you're at. And um, however you're taking communion today, it's, uh, we got, uh, this, is, this is nice, I like what you guys did here. We're going to take bread and we're going to dip it into the cup, but however you're receiving it today. But if you're new to our gathering, communion is this time where we remember the death and the resurrection of Jesus. The, the, the cup, it represents the blood of Jesus shed for the forgiveness of our sins. Do you need forgiveness today? Like maybe today you're that neighbor. 
And you just like, you stumbled upon this broadcast or maybe a friend invited you in and, and you say, Brad, I don't need to go to my neighbor. I am that neighbor. I don't have Jesus in my life. And I need Jesus in my life. I, I, I need his mercy and I need his grace in my life. You can receive that today. You can receive it today. He has that for you. Or maybe today, listen, the bread, it represents the body of Christ. Human, yet God, died, resurrected again on the third day. Maybe for you, it's the same prayer as last week. Man, I need to be bold. Listen, God can help you come to the table today, receive boldness today. What Maybe today, it has nothing to do with anything we talked about. Maybe today, you need, like Sean, you need physical healing. I want you to come to the table, receive your physical healing. Maybe you need emotional or mental healing. God wants to give right now in this moment is your moment to receive, okay? We come to the distribution center and we receive. That's what we're doing right now. You're receiving hope. You're receiving healing. You're receiving peace. You're receiving purpose. Whatever it is you need, I want you to receive it right now. Father, in Jesus' name, we pray that you would bring forgiveness to those who need forgiveness right now. Healing to those who need healing. Hope to those who need hope. Peace for those who are struggling with all the pandemic and crisis on top of crisis, God, would you, would you pour out your peace unto them today? For those who are struggling to find meaning and purpose in their life, God, would you pour out purpose on them? We pray for your grace and your mercy. Now in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's receive. Thanks for joining us online today. Looking forward to in two weeks when we get to gather together again. Um, how can we serve you today? How can we help you? Did you make a commitment to follow Jesus? Would you go to corechurch.com? Would you let us know about that? Listen, your first step into the family is baptism. We'd love to baptize you. Or maybe you just need prayer. Listen, we, we sincerely want to come alongside you. We have a prayer team that prays every day for 30 days over every request that comes in. Take a moment, go to corechurch.com, submit that prayer request, connect with us, let us help you, let us come alongside you, encourage you. We're just really glad that you are with us today. And I think that our sending prayer is more important today than it has ever been. And let's, let's say this with truth and meaning and, uh, and with passion, uh, all, all of us together. God, fill me with love and give me boldness to share the hope, healing, peace, and purpose that I found in Jesus. Lead me to the hurting, the hopeless, the lonely, and the discouraged. This week, I declare that I am available and willing to be used for your glory and honor. Amen. God bless you. Have a great week.